Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast. Mike Kapler here with Joel Brzezinski. Joel is the man, for for those who don't know Joel very well, maybe I suggest that you get to know him because he's the man who actually disproved that bumbles bounce. It's it's rumor. It's fake news. That bumbles bounce. Okay. You lost You didn't watch Rudolph this Christmas season, Joel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, not, not yet. Come on, man! It's Come it's on, the man. it's the last day of the year though, so I probably should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's something that uh, my wife loves. Rudolph, she loves that, and it's something she's got to see every season. I probably I saw it so many times as a kid and growing up and throughout the years that um, I don't need to see it anymore. But it is still <laughs> fun. You say that publicly, but I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm watching it every night. Go in my closet and watch Rudolph, so no one else can see me. You know, no, there's 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 nothing quite like the the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Oh, I, I just yeah. think that's a pretty cool one. Yeah, Charlie Brown that that one makes my heart warm. Just anything to do with Charlie Brown, with Peanuts, Snoopy, and and the gang, all of those people. That kind of brings back warm memories yep. time yeah. with S- Snoopy man I mean he gets me that's all I can say Snoopy yeah you say that as you're sleeping on the top of your shed in your backyard and <laughs> <laughs> pretending it's a it's an airplane and you're the Red Baron of course not publicly though right <laughs> yeah. Snoopy of course was a Gentile <laughs> and um, we were going to work on wrapping up our, our series last week, but we decided we're going to go one more week with it because we, we felt like maybe there's some some loose th- threads that we could tie up. Uh, what happened after Paul's meeting in Acts 21 with, with James and the church council and, and the problems that occurred after that, we thought that it would be nice to kind of look a little bit later into Paul's life and, and see where he was at perhaps shortly before he, he died. Um, so we're going to do that. This has been a series we've been on for over a couple of months now, Gentiles coming into the message of salvation and the, the controversies and confusion it sometimes would cause, uh, as many of these people that were coming to Christ who were not Israelites were living around Israelites or Israelites living around them. And, and so there was, there were conflicts and it was just interesting how this whole story played out and the number of years it took for Gentiles to, to get the message. Joel, we didn't discuss this before the show, but I had written some notes a little while back on what we've been doing here in the series. And I wonder if I could take a few minutes to just summarize what we've been talking about before we get into what you and I wanted to wrap up with today. You got the floor, definitely. Go for it. All right. Well, we we touched on the fact that when Jesus was a man on the earth, when the law was still in effect before his uh, resurrection, before the, the death at the cross, he had instructed his disciples at one point not to go to the Gentiles and the Samaritans. Avoid them. Stick with the Jews, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
it would seem that 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 may have contributed as to why the apostles didn't hurry the message to Gentiles after the Spirit fell on them, after Jesus rose. So, of course, we know that later Jesus would instruct them to go to all nations. Now, this word nations here is where we get the word word Gentiles from, Strong's 1484. Unbelieving, non-Jewish people, outsiders from the previous covenant. It's a word that Paul would use frequently when referring to to Gentiles when, when he wrote that. Um, numerous old covenant scriptures looked ahead to the day when Gentiles would would come to life and salvation. But you know, it, it would appear, it would appear that the apostles thought that this would be exclusive to Jews from other nations. Mm-hmm. That would be the result of believing or assuming the law was meant to be a part of the salvation blueprint in addition to believing in Jesus. They just thought, well, he must be talking about taking it to people from other nations, but Jewish people. Um, Something else to to keep in mind here, in Luke 24, Jesus, uh, after his resurrection, he went to his disciples and told them that the law, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And the scripture states in Luke 24 that he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And yet, we find in the book of Acts where they still didn't apparently quite get the concept that the law had been truly fulfilled, or exactly what that meant because they weren't grasping that Gentiles were now free to roam beyond the barrier of that wall of commandments and come into the fold with all of the Jewish sheep. So understanding the scriptures, quote unquote, it obviously didn't mean that they had nothing left to learn or to grow in. In Acts 10, the historical timelines typically show about seven to 10 years after Jesus ascended, where Peter had his vision go to the Gentiles, go to a man named Cornelius, at which time, uh, shortening this down here, the Spirit fell upon these Gentiles. Uh, The people who were with Peter were were surprised by it. After this happened, uh, Peter would be confronted for a meeting uh, or for meeting with the Gentiles and eating with them, actions which were challenged by other apostles and Jewish-believing brethren from the church headquarters in Jerusalem. Hey, you were eating with these people. You were meeting with these people. This is unlawful. So Peter went to Jerusalem, met with them, explained the whole story. They quieted it down and rejoiced that, well, I guess Gentiles can also receive salvation. And it was something they were obviously not aware of until this point in time. I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. Now, some might argue that this was God's timing, uh, But you know what? The day of salvation for all people came after Jesus died and rose. His blood was shed. The work was done. God was not withholding any good thing as it relates to life found in the new covenant of Jesus Christ. The work had been finished. The the time had already come for salvation. And even Peter said when he was with the, the Gentiles, he said, now I realize that God is no respecter of persons or shows no partiality and that he he should not call any person, he, Peter, should not call any person common or unclean. And so this didn't just begin at that moment. God wasn't just giving instruction at that moment that this was true, but it was at the, at the time where Peter came to understand this reality, this truth. So to suggest that God was withholding the message of eternal life and salvation for people who needed it at that time, after Jesus had done the job, it's ridiculous speculation uh, mm-hmm. because we're trying to fit things into our perceptions and assumptions and doctrinal doctrinal narratives 
that the apostles and witnesses somehow magically knew everything and were following God perfectly. Um, but you know, religionists, they don't like the idea of their spiritual superheroes being diminished to just human beings like you and me. Uh, so we got to be careful about falling into the mindset about the Bible becoming an idol because our faith is connected to the living Christ, not the living Bible, okay? So um, these people were learning and, and growing. Gentiles had, rele- uh, had received the spirit of life, and this led to a bit of a conflict almost 10 years later after Peter's vision, and this would have been also about that same time frame after Paul hit the ministry trail. Things came to a head. Uh, those of the Christian circumcision, if you will, uh, they began sharing with Gentiles that they also needed to be circumcised and follow the law, the law which they never had. And so this ended up bringing us to a meeting in Acts 15 where Peter, Paul, and Barnabas, and probably some others with them, came to argue that the law should not be given to Gentiles, they should not be required to keep it. Um, Whereas other people there in the meeting, people on the uh, the council, James and others, were arguing that Gentiles should be circumcised and and keep the law. And, And keep in mind, notice that nothing was mentioned, there was no debate as to whether the Jews should be keeping the law. They assumed that that was to be the case. Mm -hmm. In other words, the question was, should Gentiles who were saved be required to follow the law like us, Jewish people? Ultimately, the the apparent leader of the pack in that meeting, James, agreed not to require Gentiles to follow the law, which they had been under, but James did propose a compromise of sorts when he issued an opinion and judged that Gentiles should stay away from certain dietary choices and sexual practices related to this within the Gentile culture and ceremonies that went against the Mosaic law. The goal here appears to be that they were trying to keep peace between them, the Gentiles, and the believing Jews who lived among them, uh, who still believed they were to adhere to the law of Moses. Yet, yet, something we pointed out, we see some years later where Paul issued different instructions or suggestions to the Gentiles in Corinth who were asking about these things, meat being sacrificed to idols and so forth, and they were causing challenges within their community. Paul gave different instructions than what uh, James had, had mentioned. So, because a big chunk of the law was involved with, with all of that. And so then approximately another decade after that meeting in Acts 15, We hit on this last week in Acts 21, fast forward here, where we see this was still a controversy, still a problem. James went to, or I should say, Paul went to Jerusalem, met with James in the council, and they begged him to stop teaching what he was teaching, because there are these new converts here who have come to Christ, but they're zealous for the law, and they've heard things about you, that you also, not only do we have the muddy waters with the the Gentiles and the law, but you're telling the Jews, you're telling Jews not to keep the law, uh, that they're freed from the law, uh, you, you should you should get out there and tell them this is this is idle rumor, and that they should just trust that you're not teaching this sort of thing. So, you, you see, the thing is with, with Joel, with people who believe this about the law plus Jesus, this would also include this would also include the endorsement of the shedding of animal blood performed in ceremonial cleansings. Mm-hmm. Which is, by the way, they were persuading Paul to do in Acts 21, to participate with some other guys who were scheduled for this cleansing ceremony, and that he should pay their way. Oh, yes, being spiritually clean came at a price under the law. So that brings us back to where we are. That brings us back to Doe, O-O-O, Doe a deer, a female deer, (laughs) which would have been sacrificed, Bambi's mom probably. 
Or, uh, and, and so, Joel, Rudolph. what we want to get into today after, after that little summary is what happened after this. I mean, we know Paul was nearly killed, uh, even after trying to compromise by doing this cleansing ceremony, but he was nearly killed, uh, escaped, and what happened after that? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, it's interesting. You, you read through Acts and you, and you see all these things that happen, and it's so easy to just gloss over so many of these things. And then even like, <laughs> like you were saying, to come up after we've said things like this and, and pointed out all the things that you just pointed out, which was a really, really good summary of what we've talked about over the last several weeks in this series, and, and to say that, well, it was, wasn't it just a matter of God's timing? Wasn't it God's will? And, and you think, well, was it God's timing? Was it God's will that the Jews, the Jewish leaders, the Jewish people who believed— the apostles, the Jewish elders, was it God's will that they preached that salvation is by faith in Jesus plus by keeping the law? Oh, that was just God's timing. He wanted them to teach that. No! Uh, our point in all of this, to, to put it bluntly, is that they were just wrong. They were wrong in what they were teaching. Well, they were wrong in saying that Jewish people had to believe and keep the law. And, of course, they were wrong, those of them who believed that the Gentiles also had to believe and keep the law. And like you pointed out, there came a point when they did begin to understand that the Gentiles didn't have to keep the law, uh, except for those four things uh, that James said. And again, that was in their own minds. That's what they thought. But that wasn't a matter of God's plan being played out. That was the misunderstandings that these early Jewish believers, leaders, and even the apostles uh, had regarding the gospel. It was a misunderstanding. And so that's, you know, that's one thing that we're bringing out that when you read things like when, when Peter, I brought this out, when Peter said in Acts 10, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. That wasn't from God. That was Peter's understanding at the time. So we, well, Peter said it, so it must be true. Well, he said it out of a misunderstanding of what the gospel was. And so he had to come, and this was even after his vision. And so he had to, he had to come to uh, more of an understanding even after that, where he, he would begin to understand what, what had been revealed to Paul, that the gospel is a matter of God's righteousness being given as a gift, not as something that people have to work at uh, to be accepted by him. And so all these things, so you, you keep on reading in Acts, there's, there's a lot that we could go through. Paul was, he, he kept on preaching that Gentiles were accepted, that the law was not part of the gospel. He was put on trial, he was in prison, he was persecuted by the Jews, but he kept on, he kept on keeping on. And so as we wrap this up, you get to the end of Acts, the very last chapter. There is, again, a lot to go over there, but basically... Paul is in Rome, and again, like you were saying, this is probably toward the end of his life, and he was basically staying in a place that he rented, and he was talking to some, some Jewish people, because he would, you know, whoever would come to his house, he would accept them and, and share with them, and uh, so some Jewish people came to him and said, we want to hear from you about this sect um, in their minds, this sect of, of what we would call Christians or believers in Jesus. So when they had appointed a day, verse 23 of chapter 28, many came to him at his lodging 
to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning till evening. And some were persuaded by the things which were spoken, and some disbelieved. So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, so Paul is saying that here's what the Holy Spirit said through the prophet Isaiah. Go to this people and say, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their ears, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Therefore, Paul says, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. So this is clear at the end of Acts and near the end of Paul's life. There were still so many Jewish people who were not, who, who well, they were disagreeing among themselves. Some were persuaded, some didn't believe that this gospel was for everybody, for the Gentiles as well as the Jews, and of course that it didn't have anything to do with the law. Now the law and the prophets had foretold all of this. That's why Paul spoke to them from both the, the law of Moses and the prophets, because it had all foretold all this, but the law was not part of the gospel. It, it had just, parts of it had foretold all of this happening. And verse 29, and when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. So there's many, uh, again, it just shows that some of the Jews believed, some of them didn't. They fought among themselves, or at least disputed. Then at the very end, Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. So there you have it. I mean, the, the whole book of Acts, you see this story of how originally the apostles were told to go to all nations. They didn't do that at first. That wasn't God's plan. God's plan was, well, Jesus told them to do it. So why would God say, well, don't do what Jesus said, actually? At first, don't do what he said. No, that just wouldn't make any sense. So they, uh, it, they were, were just misunderstandings. They didn't fully understand that the Gentiles were to be included in this, that the law had nothing to do with it. You see an evolution throughout the book of Acts, and then Paul gets his revelation, Peter gets his vision, and things begin to fall into place a little more so that the gospel is made more clear. And even so, some people didn't believe and understand. I don't know if there's anything you want to wrap up this series with, Mr. Kepler. Well, I think that's a great finish. I mean, when Paul experienced what he experienced in Acts 21 and 22, nearly died, the zealous Jews, believers, mind you, were, were ready to stone him or kill him in some fashion because of what they perceived he was teaching. He ended up in various forms of imprisonment there uh, as the years would go by, and he ended up in this place, this this rented house, as you mentioned. And even though he wasn't traveling and going out anymore, uh, at this point, people were coming to him, and, and he was still able to share the gospel up until the, the time that 
that he died. And so I, I think that's that's pretty cool. But with all of this being said, over these uh, last two and a half months or whatever it's been with our series, Joel, I think what what's interesting about all of this, because you could see it's a big part of what's going on in the in, not only in the book of Acts, but now armed with this information, you can begin to see things in the letters of Paul and, and even the letters of other apostles that you may not have seen before. So I, I hope that that will help people uh, gain a greater understanding of, of what the gospel is about and some of the things that may have been misunderstood that they've read for years. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.